From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Tuesday, April 20th. Earlier this month, Secretary of the Interior Deb Holland spent three days at Bears Ears National Monument, a sacred site for many Native Americans. Bears Ears has been at the center of highly publicized conflict for many years now, especially after the Trump administration slashed the monument's boundaries by 85%. That decision opened areas to mineral extraction projects. Native Americans and others have urged Holland to restore protections for this site, and it's widely anticipated she will recommend restoring the monument to at least 1.35 million acres. These conflicts over sacred lands and mining are not unusual to our region. Today on the news, we hear from our partners at KJZZ's Tribal Natural Resources Desk in Arizona. Their oak flat in the Tonto National Forest has become a centerpiece of conflict between Native American tribes who want to preserve their sacred land and the mining companies that say they want to generate revenue and create jobs. Congressman Raul Grijalva has introduced legislation to ban mining at Oak Flat, but its success is uncertain. Washington Post reporter Dana Hedgepath recently wrote about these issues, focusing on just how unique and important the sacred land is to the Apache tribe and others. She spoke with KJZZ's Steve Goldstein. This land is unlike any others, and many sacred sites fall into the same category. We're we're not talking about a NIMBY argument here of, you know, not in my backyard of being like a, you know, a recycling plant here. Uh, this is truly, truly sacred, um, blessed place. This is where the Apaches and many other tribes believe their creation stories started. Um, you can't just pick up and move this land to Kansas or Nebraska and say, oh, there you go. Take your precious, historic uh, emery oaks and just replant them. It doesn't work that way. Native people, as you know, are place-based people. It's about the place that we're from. For people who are actually living there, what does it feel like to have it almost sound like a NIMBY situation? If people who are not informed to say, well, sure, we understand that we don't want a mine there, you live there, but come on, you know, it's, it's going to bring money, it's going to bring whatever. Is it hard for folks living there to hear that kind of argument? Oh, absolutely. Um, Wenzler knows that he's the former chairman of the San Carlos Apache uh, was in tribal politics for a long time. And last year, he actually moved up into Oak Flat physically instead of just going there weekly, which he did often. He lives in uh, a teepee or traditional housing on the mountain. Uh, He just got that into it and cared that much about it. And I think he put it best in my interview with him when he said, everyone lives in a place, right? Regardless if you're white, non-native or native. Imagine someone just coming into a, your space of the world and saying, oh, we're just going to jackhammer and start digging it up right now. Can you move along? You know, that is a certain kind of hurt. It's offensive. It's disrespectful, right? That is your place. We all have a place. Housing, uh, shelter, a feeling of a place is where people want to be. That's what Oak Flat means to Native Americans. It, it is not just a place they go to occasionally, but it's regularly used. And to come in and just say, oh, move over. Uh, we're going to start digging up land or doing something to it. You know, many Apaches and others say, you know, that's, it's very hurtful. It's very disrespectful, not to mention the 
long history that we all know of Native Americans being pushed off their land. And as we mentioned, this is a also a coveted piece of land for mining companies. What happened over the last, let's say, four years with the Trump administration? And then with Senator John McCain, what he had to do with this um, in the past, the, an amendment he attached to a bill. What have we seen shift in terms of the priorities here? So the biggest thing, as my dad always says, land, no matter what, is valuable because you can't make more of it. Hmm. Um, and Oak Flat is no exception. It fits that rule very much. It is land. can't be more of it made. And it's incredibly valuable for what's underneath the surface. It is one of the last and largest untapped reserves of copper in the country. Uh, in fact, some say in the world. Uh, so there's money to be made there. You know, copper is an industry. It's a money-making industry. It's a needed resources resource for things that go into cars, uh, plastics. It's needed in the world, and, and there's a business to be made there. So that's the interest of it for many folks. Over the years, uh, people have known that, and they've wanted to get their hands on Oak Flat. Amazingly, until McCain introduced this Ryder Bill in 2014, that was part of the uh, National Defense Funding Bill, Oak Flat had stayed left alone. It had not been developed in any way for mining. That changed with that bill. Just in this this Ryder, he made a deal where it could be exchanged uh, for another 5,000 plus or minus acres in other parts of Arizona. So what's interesting about that is you're making a land exchange, a land swap. It sounds, you know, sort of traditional in a way of what was done hundreds of years ago for Native Americans in treaties, right? And we all know how those ended. So there's a fear that this will end badly for the Native Americans, as many broken treaties have in the past. Uh, uh, there are those that support the project. Um, Resolution Copper that wants to come in and say, hey, look, we need some much needed jobs. Copper is a resource that we need, and we need to figure out a way to do this, to keep parts of the area sacred and also to bring in business. There's certainly an argument to be made for that. I think the past colors what people want to do. There is an inherent fear and nervousness and centuries of evidence that deals with the U.S. government haven't gone well for sovereign Native nations. Uh, there's no denying that history. One of Arizona's congressman, Raul Grijalva, who's been a big advocate for saving Oak Flat, he's introduced legislation to permanently prevent mining on the land. And there was a subcommittee hearing. I'm wondering, did any progress happen at that hearing? Do you have any thoughts about the likelihood that the bill passes? You know, it's interesting. Oak Flat is getting a lot of attention now. I think that bill for many would, people would say that was a step in the right direction. Uh, will it pass remains to be unknown. Again, what tends to dominate in these sacred sites, not just at Oak Flat, Bears Ears is another example, Taco Canyon is another example. They have a repeated theme, and that's basically a couple of things. Land, you can't create more of it, so therefore it is valuable. They get caught up in politics uh, and a long history, both for Native Americans and for those who want to develop it. Over and over again, even with preservation laws, uh, federal policies, there are things in place. You would think, you know, religious freedom acts are in place to protect people's religious freedoms, to practice their beliefs when and where they wish. Even with all these layers, they still fail to either A, be enforced, or B, they're not strong enough. Or there's sort of three wheels, as I call them, of valuable politics and money all tend to 
cloud the issue, uh, and then you end, end up going, end up in court. This has you know, been playing out for years. Some of these sacred site cases play out for decades, but they very often wind up in the courts because that's the only way tribes and preservationists, uh, Native American activists have found to, that they can slow them down or try to stop them. That is Dana Hedgepath. She is a reporter for The Washington Post. We've been talking about her recent piece about Oak Flat in Arizona. Dana, thanks so much for the time. Thanks for having me. This interview comes from our partners at KJZZ's Tribal Natural Resources Desk in Arizona. And that's the news for Tuesday, April 20th. And just a note before we go, listener, you probably know it is Radiothon, that time of year where we ask for your support. I just wanted to mention today, I know regular listeners of KZME News will hear me say this a lot, that this story comes from our partners over here, and this story comes from our partners over here, uh, like we did today. When I say our partners, we've worked really hard to establish those relationships, and it has involved a lot of relationship building. And because of that, we are now connected to community radio stations all over the West, from Colorado to New Mexico, Arizona, other stations in Utah, Wyoming. We have a lot of great partners. And if you've enjoyed these regional stories that air on local airwaves, please consider donating to KZMU News or the station at large. It's really exciting for me as news director here at the station to be able to diversify the voices that we have on our newscast and our relationships with other community radio stations are a big part of that. Thanks to everyone who has donated so far. And remember, no donation too small or too big. <laughs>